Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. From tonight's reading from Titus, when the goodness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. A few years ago, I read a book that I imagine many of you know by Haled Hosseini called The Kite Runner. It's a story of redemption centering on the moral quest of the protagonist, Amir, who throughout the book is plagued by a choice he made as a child to betray his very best friend. And the book pivots on this moment when Amir is older, and he thinks that there isn't anyone out there who knows about his past. That is, until an old family friend who is near the point of death summons Amir to his bedside only to speak the following words. There is a way to be good again. These words stir Amir's heart and they move his soul. And upon hearing them, he embarks upon a quest to atone for his sins and to make things right again. For he wants nothing more than to reclaim the goodness he had squandered. And this then becomes the driving force in Amir's life, finding a way to be good again. I believe that, like Amir, it is this desire that drives so much of what we do. And the thirst we have for goodness often feels insatiable. We want righteousness, justice, wholeness, a way as individuals and a society to be good again. And to be clear, I don't just mean that we want to feel good or to be comfortable. No, what we hunger for is goodness itself moral goodness, social goodness, psychological goodness, spiritual goodness, for the world we love to be right, and for our lives to be right, for the past to be rectified, for hurts to be healed. It's not comfort that we want. No, what we want is to hear God's word in Genesis 1:31 spoken over our lives and over this world once and for all. Then God looked upon all that God had made, and God saw that it was good. For in the Christian tradition, we hold as a core belief that God did indeed grant goodness to humanity as a gift, but we lost it, we squandered it, we turned our backs on it, And ever since that dreadful day, we've been on a quest, a quest to reclaim what was lost, hoping against hope for a way 
a way to be good again. And the quests upon which we embark in search of that goodness are legion. We march, we climb, we picket, we organize into tribes. We go to church and study philosophy and read self-help books. We pray, we plead, we volunteer, we diet and we exercise. We put faith in clergy and politicians and therapists. But why? Because we want to be good again. It is only out of this thirst for goodness. And there are times in our life when it seems like we have found that goodness that we seek. But like water in the hand of a child, whatever goodness we secure for ourselves is always fleeting. It's here today, but gone tomorrow. And so once again, off we go looking, looking for a way to be good again. And so with that said, I invite you to hear afresh the opening words of today's epistle. When the goodness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy. And that is what we come here to celebrate tonight, that God has seen fit to take the initiative to share our nature, to be born as a child, to make us good again. For this and no other is the beauty and the scandal of Christmas, that goodness is not a something we find, but a someone who has found us. For you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I do want to emphasize those two words, for you. Christ was born for you. Hope is alive for you. Eternal life is for you. Do not be afraid, said the angel, for I bring you good news of a great joy that is for all the people and that goodness, we are told tonight, is for you. Because ultimately, the good news of Christmas is that God sees you. The God whom the angels adore and the hosts of heaven worship, God sees your life, your hopes, your fears, your confusion, your mess, your beauty, the parts that you call good and the parts that you call not good. God sees it. God knows it. God entered it. I mean, just think about tonight's gospel reading from Luke. Mary and Joseph, there is no way they felt seen in the days leading up to Jesus's birth. Mary is pregnant, and they're forced to take this trip at a very inconvenient time because forces much more powerful than they have decreed it. And when they get to the hotel, Luke gives us those six chilling words that undoubtedly captured how they felt. There was no place for them. Mary, she must have felt so scared and Joseph so incompetent as together they crawl into an unswept barn, 
I imagine they felt invisible. But of course, the good news of Christmas is that they weren't invisible. God was born. Christ entered the world. And the glory of God filled that unswept barn. And so it is with the unswept barns of our lives, those places we just assume that goodness can't appear. And I say that only because I know that there's probably some place in your life where you don't feel seen, or a place in your life where you can't find hope, or where your heart just breaks, thinking of the many in our world for whom having no place isn't a metaphor, but a defining reality of their life. People without a home or without a friend or a future, the victims of war, famine, and disease, the mentally ill, people for whom it can honestly be said there was no place for them. But on this most holy of nights, we renew our faith that Christ has been born, and that a time will come when they have a place. This, again, simply is the good news of Christmas. There is a place for them. There's a place for you, a place for all the messy, confusing, and hard realities of life. For Christ has been born Goodness has appeared. The God of Israel has taken on flesh, meaning that in Christ, God has entered every place. God enters the dark corners of our existence, the desperateness, the loneliness, the rejection, the pain. He comes to unswept barns and cold nights of despair. God comes because he understands them, and he will deliver us from those stables to real and everlasting life. And so I want to go back to the kite runner. The main character, Amir, has to go on a quest to atone for his sins and to rectify his life. There is something in the book he must do. If there is a way to be good again, Amir must find that way himself. And historically speaking, this has been the function of religion to offer us a way, a path, a practice, a few pillars, things that we must do, a way that we must walk, a quest upon which we must embark to be good again. And yet tonight... We celebrate the birth of a child who would grow up not to affirm the religious establishment, but to critique it and to announce to Jew and Gentile alike that he did not come to offer a way. But as he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. For when the goodness of God appeared, he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, not because of any quest that we undertook, but according to his mercy. And it's a goodness that will never be lost again. Yes, we turn away and we run, and how often we prefer our lies 
to God's truth. But the goodness of God our Savior has appeared, and it will never disappear again, meaning that the great quest to rectify this world does not belong to us, but to God. For unto us a child has been born, a son given, who will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And to remember this truth, that is why we are here tonight, to treasure these words and ponder them in our heart, to make haste to find this child so that we too may worship him, adore him, love him, for the babe in the manger simply is goodness made flesh. And in loving goodness, we will become good. And in loving this child, we will become children again, as together we enter that unswept barn and hear the Prince of Peace speak tender words into our heart. I was born for you. There is a way to be good again. Amen.